quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, Yes Guy, episode 101, or as we like to say, Yes Guy 101. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. And we have an interesting show today. Mark Sacchino from Golf Talk Canada and the PGA Tour radio broadcast will be by very shortly. Paul Hendrick, former Leap broadcaster, will be with us. John Gibbons, former Blue Jay manager, will be by as well. Perry, how are you today, sir? Doing great. Looking forward to 101 and hopefully making it to 200. Oh, yeah. Yes, guy, 200 will be. That's going to be some sort of a parade. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Guest number one. Oh, before we get there, we have to do this. Here's the reason why we're here. It's called sponsors. <laughs> if you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring for a confidential interview. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email, charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com website, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, Fox 40 Coaching Board, Fox 40 Electronic Whistle producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. Now, guest number one, Mark Sacchino, PGA Tour Radio, Golf Talk Canada Radio and Television, and other things. Marco, how are you? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you, boys? We're doing well, um, and welcome to Yes Guy 101. And as we look at, as, as you look back, this could be a long answer. As you look back over the season that was, how would you describe that? Oh, gents, man, I got to tell you, I mean, to me, golf was in focus for most sports fans because of everything happening not on the golf course, which is kind of sad to me in, in a way. You know, did we have some great moments throughout the season? Yeah, 100%. You know, my, the personal highlight for me is, you know, walking with Rory for 72 holes and watching Rory d- defend his RBC Canadian Open at St. George's. That was probably, a you know, a personal highlight. Um, we had some incredible performances. You know, Russell Henley won this week in Mexico, and it reminded me of how I started my year in Hawaii, the second event of the year at Sony. And I was standing on the on the apron of the green when Hideki Matsuyama hit that three-wood for like 270 yards that landed to 10 feet in a playoff. It landed like a pitching wedge, and he knocked it in for eagle to win. So there were these incredible moments on the golf course, but unfortunately I think they all get overshadowed by everything that happened off the golf course with, with live and the disruption of the live golf series. And then things that have come from live, like the reshuffling of the PGA tour schedule, elevated events, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods and their new venture that will kick off in 2024. So for me, I will remember this season for everything but golf shots being struck. Well, Mark, I want to take it on a different level. Like sometimes you have to have something like live to shake things up. And I think what it shook up the PGA and forced them to do some things that they otherwise wouldn't have. Would you concur with that? hundred percent. The problem is, is where the money's coming from. I don't disagree. So I've, I've always bought into the narrative that the PGA tour season's too long that you need an off season, that in order for people to hunger for something, they need to be able to miss it and walk away from it for a bit. You know, 
the Super Bowl's over what? First week of February. We don't get football again until September. I mean, in terms of American football, et cetera. And that we've never had that in golf. We haven't had it in decades in golf. Uh, I like the fact that the best players in the world are being forced to play together a little bit more often. Um, I think that's good. So, yeah, there's a lot of benefits that have come from this. The problem is, is this is costing a fortune. And yes, are there ways for the PGA Tour to move some money around? Are there new digital uh, revenue avenues that are going to come from the PGA Tour where they're going to find money and give it to the players? Yes. But what people aren't talking about is there's, there are other areas of the PGA Tour they are going to lose money. Uh, it's not just new revenues that are going to pay for this. It's people losing their job with, that work within the PGA Tour. There's the charitable organization aspect of this. There is no way that in 24 months from now, when all of this weeds out and water finds its level, you're going to see, I guarantee it, that there are charities that used to rely on the PGA Tour coming to town that are no longer getting that check anymore. I mean, that's just the reality of this situation that unfortunately nobody's talking about. So have positives come out of this for the PGA Tour? Certainly, but way more harm, way more disruption. Uh, we we could have gotten here with just smarter conversations and smarter media partners and, and things of that nature without having to basically drop a bomb in the middle of the professional game. You know, when I saw what Dustin Johnson made in that first year with, with Liv, I was astounded. It was more than $30 million. This guy gets a free pass, whereas, like, you know, Greg Norman, Phil, Mick, Phil Mickelson get nothing but heat. Why is Dustin Johnson given that privilege? I think because he didn't lie. I think at the end of the day, uh, people uh, are willing to accept that the professional athlete is, is in it for themselves, in it for the money, and that most of these guys play professional sports. Now, there are rare exceptions. Tom Brady is, a, is, a, is an exception to the rule. Uh, Tiger Woods is an exception to the rule. Uh, the all-time greats seem to play the game for more than just money. They seem to have a love, a passion, a desire to make history, et cetera, et cetera. But those are rare. Most of these guys are playing for the almighty buck. And I think that the average sports fan concedes that and is willing to just give a pass because they've accepted for so long. What they're not willing to accept is, is the lying. I'm in it for the growth of the game. I'm in it for, you know, uh, a, a new fresh spin on an old sport that, that is desperately needed in the game of golf. I mean, every reason under the sun, Bubba Watson prayed with his wife and, and the, the answer was revealed. All of that is BS. People don't want to hear it. I think people respect the fact that Dustin Johnson said, I'm not interested in playing a lot of golf. I want to play less golf, and I'm in it for the money. And, you know, Harold Varner III has gotten a total free pass as well for saying the same thing. It's the guys that push back. It's the guys that want their cake and eat it too. They still want to play the PGA Tour. They still want to be a part of the Ryder Cup. They still want all the benefits of the World Golf uh, Ranking point system when they knew all along that going to live was going to, you know, negate them from all these things. So it's, it's the whiners and the liars that I think people have a problem with. And whether you agree with that, with what Dustin Johnson has done or not, DJ has been very clear. I don't like golf. I want the dough. So people accept it. Mark, you said a couple of answers ago about uh, water finding its level in a couple of years. What do you think that looks like? Yeah, that's a good question, Jim. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think we're going to know a lot more 
will be able to project what it looks like at the end of 2024 in the next six months. A couple of key things need to happen. We need a firm uh, decision from the official world golf rankings on whether they're going to bend or break on almost every guideline they've had in place for 40 years. Uh, if they don't break or bend on those guidelines, then it's pretty clear here that live golf players are not going to be able to access world golf ranking points unless they go play a bunch of other tours uh, on top of their live schedule, which basically goes against the complete narrative of playing less golf for more money. So we're waiting on that decision to, to take place. If that decision comes down and they're not going to break on official world golf ranking or bend, then unless they are a former champion of a major in the last five-year window, these guys are not going to have access to things like majors. Um, and that that's a huge win for the PGA Tour and a huge blow to the Live Golf Series because eventually past champions categories and guys who have won in the last five years through attrition, eventually those guys go away as well. Uh, the other two things that are really kind of sitting on the calendar is you know, the lawsuit in California with the PGA Tour and Live and the lawsuit in England with uh, the DP World Tour and Live. If, if those lawsuits go the side of, of the tours, uh, then I don't know if Live's here in three years. I, I really don't know if they even exist. If those lawsuits go the other way and these guys are able to still play things like the DP World Tour, access certain PGA Tour events, et cetera, et cetera, those lawsuits are going to lean on a lot. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to play one on radio. <laughs> but, but I mean, if we get to a point in time where an organization like a tour or a professional sports league isn't allowed to govern themselves and isn't allowed to set their own criteria on who can play and who can't, then at that point, what do we, we what do you even have? Do you even have a league? Um, and at that point, does the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour completely change the structure of what they are? And the independent contractor is completely gone and they have a union. And now you are either a member of the tour in the official member sense or you are not. I mean, there's so much to shake out. But until we get the two lawsuits out of the way and until we get the official World Golf Ranking decision out of the way, which I'm guessing we're 12 months away from knowing all of this, we don't really know what to project for 2024. So, Mark, you love to golf. You get to write about golf. You get to do television. You get to talk about it. Are you actually living the life that every golfer would love to have? No, complete opposite, guys. <laughs> get lost. You're in contempt, okay? We, we, we all love our job, and we all, you know, are very – I think we're all thankful to be able to do what we all do for a living. And, and at the end of the year, you got to remind yourself of that because – I mean, this season never ends. I started the first week of January. I'm still on the road. I just got back. By the time you open up and count some personal weeks this year, it's going to be 31 or 32 weeks uh, on the road this year. Um, it's a grind. And the last thing I actually do is play golf. I mean, I played less golf this year than I have in the last 25 years, probably, I, you know, I was lucky to scrape out a couple of vacations, which is typically when I get my golf, like I'll string six or seven days together. We went to Ireland this year, which was absolutely tremendous. And we shot a TV special while we were over there. So it wasn't just play. We did some work while we were there as well, but you know, we got to play seven rounds in a row in Ireland. That was kind of my summer golf season. It was spectacular. 
And I've got, uh, we're kind of into the winter golf season on Golf Talk Canada. I've got one more PGA Tour radio event to do next week, which is the RSM Classic. And then I'm off until third week of January. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get away. I'm going to play some golf and get a winter golf season in it. And then it's kind of right back at it. So I love my job. I love doing what we do. We, you know, we love Golf Talk Canada. I love working for the PGA Tour, yada, yada, yada. But if you think you're going to get to play golf or you think you're going to play more golf than you have before, you're kidding yourself. It's, it's the opposite. So when you talked about the, the trip to Ireland, I was and this may be the answer, but I was thinking if you had to make a suggestion, maybe a, a Christmas gift to one to a golfer out there that would that would sort of encapsulate or, or you know give give the full feeling of what golf is. What is that? What what would that what would that be for a golfer? Well, I think Jim, anybody who really loves golf has played it actively uh, for you know. Uh, many years and, and you know whether they're a member at a club or they go out every week with their same group i mean if you love golf enough to do it for an extended period of time and you haven't ventured overseas to play any kind of links golf i think that would be the number one thing for me i know a lot of people say you know find a way to go to augusta and walk the golf course on a practice round yeah i guess that's kind of up there at some point as well uh but for me if it was one thing i'd say pick a birthday uh, pick a special occasion, something that, you know, whether you're turning 40 or turning 50 or, or whatever it is, something that you'd like to recognize. And I put it on the calendar. I plan ahead of time. And I, I, tr- I treat myself to a Lynx golf experience because, I mean, you truly don't really get the full understanding of the game i think or appreciation or love for the sport until you've had the opportunity to do that at least once and for me with the exception of the old course at st andrews with with the exception of that one round at st andrews that you need to book about two years out in advance for me uh the choices are southwest ireland northern scotland or northern ireland i think if you, if you do one of those three my personal favorite is southwest ireland but if you, if you do one of those three and say you know that's my bucket list check mark for this special occasion i mean i that's what i would do if i was a golfer out there right now thinking about something like that uh, let's end on this uh, when you look at the the makeup of the pga tour now and, and considering you know what what live has done to it uh, does that make the pga tour more american than it's been in a while or or not Hundred uh, percent. I think, unfortunately, with the exception of a few players like Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, it's going to take a few years to get the international flavor back into the PGA Tour uh, the way it has been for the last decade or so. I think we're going to go through a few years here, waiting for some young guys to kind of graduate and come back on tour before we get that real international flair back again. There's still some, don't get me wrong. You know, we've got some Irish flair there with uh, Shane Lowry and Rory McIlroy and, and whatnot, but I think it's going to take a few years. It's certainly looking more American than ever before. And one of the reasons why Liv has been able to do what they, they have done with players like Cam Smith, Jumping Ship, and Mark Leishman is that Australia has been a neglected market. It is a huge golf market. It is a starving golf market. And the PGA Tour and large major championship golf just won't go there because from a, from a television and revenue standpoint, you just get killed because golf tournaments that are broadcast at 2 in the morning and 3 in the morning lose money. That's a full stop, period. And if you've got a business model like Live, where bleeding billions of dollars is part of the business model, 
and you can go to Australia and you can service that market. And I think that was a real flaw and a real opening that they took advantage uh, of. And, and, you know, with the exception of the President's Cup, once every six, eight, ten years or so, uh, there's really no other event that goes there. So to your point, Jim, the short answer, yes, it looks very American and likely will for several years. Mark, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email, charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com site, you will find hockey products like the Fox 40 Call, Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the 40 Ways of the Fox, Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike. Fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Check out Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, in a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic. Available now in titanium gold or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. Speaking of classics, in a sleek titanium body, we have Paul Hendrick here, former host of Maple Leaf Hockey, among other things. Henny, how are you today, sir? Jimmy, thank you. Perry, as well. Great to uh, great to be talking to you guys. It seems uh, it seems like it's been such a long while, and I guess in fact it has. It has, yes. You're missed in the press box, no question about that. I, I really don't have anybody to elbow in the ribs anymore, so come back soon. <laughs> yes, maybe one to the head might help me out as well. This retirement thing is a really interesting scenario like the first year it's just like oh boy you know you and your wife get used to hanging out together all the time and then the second year we we settle into a nice comfortable groove but thank god for sports it uh, keeps life interesting and so too uh, the hockey team in this area and blue jays and everything else that goes with it so i've been able to keep busy that way well Eddie, jim said he missed you in the press box i miss you in mississauga and that should be the title of a book what are you doing these days where are you at Living in Mississauga, Perry, in Bloor West, and we've been here for six years, but we certainly look fondly back in our days, you know, in the Lorne Park area. Back in the days when I was in high school, every member of the Toronto Maple Leafs lived within within a, a half mile of where we lived. So grocery stores, nothing to run into, you know, Daryl and Wendy Fittler. You'd see Boria. Uh, Ian Turnbull was in the neighborhood. Uh, Lanny McDonald lived on Spring Hill Drive. I really enjoyed uh, that time then, because you really felt like you were attached to the hockey club. Uh, they were all family people, and uh, there was a real sense of Maple Leaf family when they all lived in the West End, especially there in Lorne Park. Well, Henny, you referenced your wife, and, uh, you know, you, uh, you left the job to spend quality time with your wife after I think she, she battled cancer and beat it. You know, you did something really noble, and can you tell me a bit about, you know, that sacrifice that you made, if you want to call it a sacrifice? Yeah, well, you know, it's nicely put, but it, I, I don't consider the gesture noble. 
nor sacrifice. It was just the right thing to do. And uh, my wife, Alicia, was diagnosed, you know, with cancer. Well, it, it was seven years ago this week. And uh, she's uh, gone through a recurrence uh, a few years ago. And uh, we continue to move on with the best medical help there is. And she's just a, a battler and, and things are good. And and it's a matter like a lot of people going through this where you, you go through blood tests, et cetera, every three months. So, uh, you know, you get into that time and you're kind of on pins and needles, but so far so great. And we continue to move on. And it's allowed us to, to do a lot of quality things together. We love to travel, go to Europe. Uh, I, I'm a big soccer fan. I enjoy Spain. And uh, and the fact of the matter was, you know, I have 41 years in the business and, and certainly done quite a few things. And uh, as much as I missed it, it was the right decision, Perry, to move on at that point in time. And uh, I don't regret that decision at all. You know, Henny, you brought up the medical system, which which comes under fire at times. And, and I'm not saying that, 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 you know, everything's perfect, but there are moments when you're participating in it where you, you can look around and see things happen and go, well, that's just, that's miraculous. Uh, could you sum yeah. up your experience that way? Well, Jim, I, I can't say enough. Uh, about Princess Margaret Hospital, the quality of people in that hospital, what they have to deal with on whom on a day-to-day basis, and they perform miracles. And, you know, when somebody comes to your door or you get a mention on your website or uh, Facebook or whatever it may be, you know, can you please contribute uh, to some sort of cancer research, you can bet very well that at some point in the near or immediate future, and and Perry, I know you, you can speak of this, um, that you're going to need it. And, and uh, the more we know, the better we get. Uh, you get in a situation like Alicia's where, you know, November 8, 2015, I was in Dallas when I got the phone call from her to call or the text call ASAP, and, and our worlds were just changed upside down. And, you know, the beginning of this journey that has gotten, to, gotten us to this point in time, um, you can call it a miracle, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of smart people, and a lot of money presented to allow these researchers to get where we're at and to continue to extend lives of all of us. So um, a shout-out to the people of Princess Margaret, uh, Dr. Marcus Bernardini. I can go on and on. We all have our individual stories, but uh, they are the miracle workers down there, and good God, they work hard. Well, you mentioned me, and, uh, you know, people don't know, I had a sister who battled cancer. Unfortunately, she didn't survive, but it really opened up my eyes about what cancer is. And, and I think until you go through it, you may not appreciate the extent of it. Now, it really does happen to, to everybody, whether it's you personally or somebody you know, cancer is there. And I, I think it's just something like you would say, it causes you to think about life differently. Yeah, it certainly does. And... You know, seven years ago, we're, we were Dallas, as I mentioned, and I, I, I remember saying to Alicia, well, I'm flying home tomorrow. She said, listen, she, my, and Alicia's an infectious disease specialist. Uh, she said, there's no way I'm staying at home twiddling my thumbs. You stay with the team. I'll see you when you get back off that road trip. So there was a game in Dallas, and then we had to go up to Nashville and then uh, back home, and I couldn't wait to get back home, but you know, my, my hotel room in both Dallas and Nashville, uh, I, I just can't go back to those hotels, the Marriott in Dallas, and of course another Marriott in Nashville, it's where we always stay in Marriott's, but uh, I was like a caged animal, and, and your perspective is just so different. 
and then and you and you work your way from little victories along the way to get you to that next sort of stepping stone that next stepping stone always optimistic always hopeful that modern science is going to work on your side in favor and uh, lo and behold I, I know with alicia it has and you know we're coming up onto another blood test later this month and again uh, heart will be pounding and, and all that goes with it, but uh, so far so good and fingers crossed, candles lit and prayers said that uh, we're going to be able to continue to go at a great rate. But uh, the last two years uh, being able to spend so much time together has been great. And, and Jim, I know you've traveled with the Leafs and, and, and whatnot. Uh, and Perry, you've been all over, you know, as well, North America. 25 years of working with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was in hotel rooms for almost eight and a half years of, of that 25 years. So it's it's nice to spend a little more time at home and uh, quality time as well. Well, I mean, th- these jobs require a lot of focus and a lot of attention, and that means a lot of time. Um, and, you know, that what you described there in, in the last answer is, is the ability to slow everything down because the world we work in is um, – uh, I, I'm trying to look for the word. It's, it's sort of replace, everything's replaceable. You know, it, you, on to the next, on to the next. But when you're in the situation that, that you were in there, you're talking about slowing everything down and appreciating every second, which is kind of contrary to how we work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And But, you know, with the way we work, and, and this is sort of good, too, where, you know, you focus on the immediate. And, um, and that's good because it takes your mind off the big picture. I, I remember Alicia had... Uh, December 11th of 2015, these days all stand out, uh, five and a half hour surgery. And, you know, I was with her uh, in a room for four straight days. And, and and later that week, she said, you've got to get back to work. You've got to get back to work. And, and I remember the Canucks were in town. And, and I remember that pregame show at Gate 5. And it was probably the best I ever did because it allowed me something to focus on in that period of time. And just get away from what the overwhelming big picture was at the time. Um, but then Alicia started to get better. There was chemotherapy, loss of hair, uh, you know, then the regaining of strength. And then back that following June, we're back on road bikes up in, you know, up in Collingwood and, and all these great little things. And, and, and in between all of that, you know, telling your kids that, hey, you know, your mom's got this and, 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 and getting them through then their undergraduate degrees and just managing the whole situation. Alicia's um, got a podcast now in uh, collaboration with Princess Margaret called Knowing Your Way. And it deals, you know, with ovarian cancer, which is what she had, but it also deals with other cancers and all these different elements as to how you tell your family, um, how to deal with kids, uh, how to deal with moms and dads in, in this entire situation. And uh, that's been rewarding for her and being able to give back to the system to help others who uh, are about to go through the situation or are going through the situation because uh, there's no there's no legit playbook as to how you handle the situation. But it's nice to get a different perspective. And that's kept her busy in many, many regards. So uh, I'm very proud of her in that respect. And, and to mention, Jim, uh, you're right, focus. You know, it's incredible. You know, you, you, you get married, you have kids, you, you, you pay off mortgages, you work hard at, at researching to do your job at a consistent high level, and all of a sudden you stop to breathe and look around, and, and those kids are away and gone for good, and, and uh, you know, you're in the situation you're in. Uh, life just goes so quick, and I, I know I'm sort of belaboring the point, but 
I've blinked in, you know, 41 year careers gone, uh, always there, but uh, certainly just gone. And it's, it's, it's gone quickly when you look at the remaining runway that we all have in our respective lives. Henny, I'm wondering if you can appreciate or you appreciate the fact now you can watch the game. It's over and you can you don't have to think about all the work that's going to happen, not only after the game, but the day after and so on and so on. Yeah, I I love watching it. Uh, we were in Madrid for five months last year, and I'd be up at one in the morning to watch a seven o'clock uh, start and four o'clock uh, those games would end. Uh, but I got to go to Real Madrid football a dozen games last year and, and just 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 enjoy it for enjoyment's sake and not necessarily have to get on Twitter and explain certain certain things or get in a scrum and and you know talk to. To a, to a particular player who's gone through a rough, rough patch. I mean, it was all part of the job, but uh, I enjoy not having to do that part of the grind anymore. I'll be honest, I don't miss that whatsoever. Henny, really appreciate you connecting with us. Uh, thanks for sharing. There's some personal stuff there. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I, I wasn't sure what direction this was going to go in, but uh, always, always uh, great to touch. And, and I've certainly been well aware of Perry's uh, story. And as we're talking about it, it just popped into my mind. And, and again, the, the journey, uh, whether it be cancer or, or otherwise, uh, is going to impact all of us in some way. And um, if this would help in any way in making that better, then uh, I feel grateful for the opportunity. Well, that I mean, that sums up who you are, Paul. And I think anybody who knows you would, would just... Uh, have a little heart tug there at what you just said. Thanks very much. All right, guys. Thank you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning. Your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to safebridgefinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Master your game strategy with the Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Now we bring in the former Blue Jays manager, host of the Gibby Show, and he has a book out called Tales of a Baseball Lifer, John Gibbons. Gibby, how are you today, sir? <laughs> Good. Hey, you just read those things off like it was nothing, man. You've done that before, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, a few times. <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm glad you had me on. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of funny when you hear when you, somebody says you're an author. But that's the last thing I consider myself. You dove in head first in social media. You've got the the Gibby show. I mean, what inspired all this? <laughs> hey, that's a great question. I don't, I don't, no, you know what? It, the, the, that book we're talking about, that daggum book, you know, when that, they first started, we started talking about it right then, and, and then we started to move forward. They they said, well, the publishers and everybody said, well, you got a, a social media presence. Right? I said, really? <laughs> I said, I thought I was too old for that. So that's kind of how all that started. Then then this podcast came along, and they said, yeah, you really need to hit this social media hard. I guess that's 
the day and age we're in, I guess. So that's kind of how that all started. It wasn't like it was something I was looking forward to, but I've had a little fun with it. I've got to tell you that. So, you know, when you're putting these things together, what was the challenge for you, John? Well, you know what? I had I had some uh, old friends that kind of spearheaded everything and, and, and been there before and, and done that kind of stuff. But it really with the book. They said, let's, let's, you know, when I, my last day in Toronto in 18, when I was on my way out, I had like three or four writers came up to me. They were, they were good friends and said, hey, uh, if you ever write a book, I, I want to write it. I'm thinking, <laughs> who's going to read my book? You know, I, I wouldn't read my book was kind of my thinking. So then I kind of, kind of put it on hold. I said, it was kind of one of those, yeah, right, all right, whatever, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then it kind of developed over time. So it's really kind of, you know, and then I was, in the meantime, I was working with the Atlanta Braves as a special assignment scout for Alex Anthopoulos. And, uh, uh, and then, then I've walked away from that since this started taking off a little bit. So uh, it's kind of a different route, kind of something I didn't anticipate I'd be doing, but I'm trying to have a little fun with it. Uh, Make few people laugh, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, when you when you look back on the baseball, I mean, obviously, you know, we've had uh, people on that have had lengthy careers, and, and I'm working on a lengthy one myself. But, but when you when you look back on it now that you're you're sort of, I guess you would say, out of it, uh, what do you see when you look back on it? That's a major commitment, isn't it? Yes, you know what? You know, I miss the game. I miss being on the field. I miss the uh, you know the competition, being around the guys in the clubhouse and things like that. Uh, you know, because I was in it for 40 years and. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I guess I just call myself semi-retired. I would love, love to get back on the field in the right spot, you know, but that, you know, that, that window's maybe closing, but it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's all new to me. It's like you, you said, you've been doing this forever. And, and uh, you know, if once you change something, uh, I guess the good part is I still, all I got to do is talk about baseball and, uh, I can do plenty of that, whether you agree with me or not on it. Uh, so it's been kind of, it's kind of refreshing a little bit too, but, I do miss the competition. I do when I watch these games on TV. You know, kind of, uh, I do miss a lot of that. So, John, I'm pretty good friends with your co-author. He's done many books before. What was the experience like for you, given that it was it was totally new? You had no idea what you were getting into. Yeah, it's it. Uh, first off, you know, I think I'm ADHD, so I I never was much of a reader growing up. <laughs> you know, I uh, you know I always had these books, and I never I never would finish them. You know, and, and I've had docs tell me, "Well, you're ADHD. That's probably part of what it would have." So to begin with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I, I couldn't see myself, you know, even writing a book, let alone read somebody else's. Um, so, but but it was, it's kind of, you know, I guess the the, the part I've really enjoyed uh, is kind of looking back on my life a little bit, you know, especially my baseball career, which is mainly what the book's about, and kind of kind of reminisce the good times, the uh, the, the tough times, and, and uh, it's been it's been a good reflection for me, you know, and, and uh, brought a lot of smiles to my face. So. You know, well, you know, hopefully the people will enjoy it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, it wasn't like uh, I set out to be an, uh, an author, write a book someday, and, and that was going to make or break me. But it has been it has been a lot of fun. Well, John, I'm pretty good friends with Gilmore of Triumph, and I know you were a huge fan of Triumph. How did you get into uh, their music? Oh, we well, you know what? They're big down here in South Texas. You know, they uh, uh, you know, so when I was in high school, you know, we we'd listen to Triumph music all the time because San Antonio is a good rock and roll town. And uh, I, and I think you know what I think San Antonio was uh, uh, the first stadium show for Triumph. Um, when, when That's where they took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, when I when I went to Toronto as a coach when I first got up there, um, you know Rick Emmett's son was a baseball player, right? And, uh, and I think he was coming over to the states to play. So he'd come out to the ballpark, and I got a chance to meet him, and then. Uh, 
you know, then, then our infield coach, we you would work with his son. And then uh, my daughter also, you know, got Tess and Gil uh, lined her up to, to record a couple songs in the studio. So it's been, it's, it's been, it's like so cool. You know, I, I grew up listening to these guys, and, you know, a huge rock and roll fan. And then, uh, you know, sure enough, there here comes the Toronto connection. And, and it, uh, you know, so I tell all my old buddies, they go, no way, you know, you, you know, you ain't, you know, and, and Toronto and Triumph had such great songs, you know, and, uh, and then, well, I can't remember what year it was. It's probably uh, in the early 2000s that during my first go around during the off season, Rick Emmett was like on a solo tour, uh, you know, going, going around the, the U S and places and, in uh, he just played little small pool halls, uh, bars and things like that. Really, really kind of cool, intimate places. So they came to San Antonio. I went out and saw them and it was, it was, it was really cool. So, but they, they're one of my all-time favorites in the, in the, you know, they're big Blue Jays fans too. So, uh, I guess, I guess it, it, it's much cooler to me to, to know somebody in rock and roll like that than they probably know a Hall of Fame baseball guy. Well, Gil told me the story how you called him up and said, you know, my daughter's uh, into music. She's a singer. She wants a little help. He not only uh, agreed to help her, but he gave her free studio time. So, I mean, that must have been the ultimate for you. Oh, I, I mean, how cool is that? I mean, how uh, how gracious is that? Yeah, you know, because here, here's, here's the, you know, you got a band that's established, a great band, and great careers, and I got my daughter singing, you know, country music. She's she's just looking for an inroad, you know, and, and uh, I'm a little biased, and I thought she, she's really, really good. And yeah, for them, to, you know, for him to offer that up is, is uh, I mean, that doesn't happen too often, you know. Um, and, and, you know, now, of course, they won over my daughter, too. She didn't know a lot about Triumph beforehand, uh, so now heck, now we got her listening to him, you know. So it's uh, there's so many, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna sum it up. And, and, and you know what? There's so many good people up there in Canada and Toronto area that, that my career up there uh, really were good to me. And, and uh, you know, even part of writing the book, you know, looking back and all the friends I've met, and uh, even through the even through a lot of and there was a lot of tough times as, as far as the team went and things like that. But very loyal people, and I met some great friends, and, and uh, you know, I actually keep in touch with quite a few of them. Look, Gibby, I mean, you've got uh, musical genes in your family. Your daughter's involved. You like music. Do you, do you play at all? No, no. That's, you know, my daughter, my, my daughter uh, just picked up a guitar in college. She came to me one day and said, you know what, Dad, I want to learn to play the guitar. I said, well, go get your guitar and learn. She taught herself, and then, you know, she started writing songs. She was, she was always kind of into poetry and, and things like that, but she wasn't like she was uh, – in, in a big singer growing up, like in choirs and things like that, she'd she'd dance around the house singing and all that. So when she wanted, she started doing that. I'm thinking, where did she get this? You know, but you know, and she'll tell you. I you know, I've always loved music. I, I you know, love rock and roll. I'm in the country too, and southern rock and roll. And but San Antonio was like that. San Antonio is one of a, a big stop for the rock and roll scene. Uh, at least used to be. Uh, so, so no, but I've never played, never been musically inclined. Uh, I'm an author, man. I'm not a musician. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so man, I wish I was a musician. You know, it's funny. You get guys in, guys in baseball, you know, that I'm around all the time. They always want to be in a rock and roll band, right? And then you then you get people who are in, in rock and roll and other things. They they want to be in baseball, and you know how it's all trade off, you know. And, and uh, it's it's actually kind of fun. That's how you meet a lot of them, you know. So I'm going to ask you a question. If you had one song that you had to listen to over and over again, you would never get tired of it. What would it be? Well, if it's going to be Triumph, it's going to be Laying on the Line, man. I I love that one. 
my favorite song. Well, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Leonard Skinner's Simple Man, you know. And they they used to play that sometimes when I'd walk in, in Toronto when I'd walk to the mound to make a pitching change. You know, I knew the gal in, in the, you know, they handled in-game entertainment, so they would play that. Yeah, I kind of think that kind of fits me perfectly. You know, there's a couple Simple Man. Charlie Daniels got a good one too, but they want uh, Leonard Skinner kind of. I think kind of fits me, so I, that's probably my all-time favorite song. Okay, so since we're going with one, and since you were the manager of the Blue Jays, we'll end on this. Who is the one player the Jays should go out, regardless of price, and add to their roster? It's available necessarily, or it, it doesn't matter? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I would, that's, I, let's say it doesn't matter. Okay, I would go for Otani. You know, if they could, if they, you know, I, I can remember a few years ago when he first uh, came on the market in the U.S., you know, uh, Ross Atkins called me because I was still managing the time and said, hey, we might need to, you know, we, I guess Toronto was on Otani's list when he came over here that he had interest in. They said, well, if he's going to he's gonna narrow it down. If we're still on the list, we're going to have to go out to California and meet him and, and uh, you know, s- sell the team. But that never developed. He narrowed it down to mainly California teams. But if you look at what he does both ways, you know, uh, you're, you're filling a couple big needs, you know, or, or add to it. Because yeah. the Blue Jays, I mean, they got a good team, you know. They should be good for a while. But a guy like that, you know, it, and it, not only that, you know, he he would, you know, promotional-wise and things like that, would be huge for any team he goes to. So I would say him, and then other, after that, I would uh, I'd probably go judge. Wow. And uh, now you've got the, the, the winter fires are, are burning in Toronto with, with that kind of talk. Gibby, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Okay. Hey, so all right. So if uh, so, there's a chance now you guys can get Otani because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The <laughs> so five hundred yeah. million. Oh. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Gibby said. That's right. Well, I've, I've always thought. Well, hell, it ain't my money. Spend all you spend as much as you want. It ain't mine. So what the heck? Hey, they got a lot of money up there. They don't let them kid you, right? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's an interesting conversation, Gibby. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, boys. Thank you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Let's talk about it. Advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit TurnerPorter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for another edition of Yes, Guy, No Guy. Yes, Guy, the radio show. Go ahead, sir. John Gibbons is going to get tugs wagging with his thoughts about Otani coming to the Blue Jays. Oh, this is the start of a tidal wave in that in that direction. No question about it. Wouldn't that be something to have this guy? I mean, you could watch him play every day. That would Do be he, yes, Guy, No Guy. He said it just to sell books. Uh, yes guy, no guy, no guy. No, he didn't do it. No, he's not that type of guy. While we're on the subject, yes guy, no guy, Gibby is a media star. Yes and no. He's like an acquired taste, okay? Uh, the format is yes guy, no guy. No guy. He's. <laughs> I just can't quite make him out. He's a different dude, okay? Okay, go ahead, sir. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers will be parting ways after this season. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. They're in a power dive. It's not It's not going to be good, so that's an emphatic yes guy. And while we're on the subject, yes guy, no guy, the Bills will bounce back against 7-1 and one Minnesota this weekend. No guy. I am really concerned about the quarterback's elbow. That's serious stuff, okay? Yeah. No guy. Okay, go ahead, sir. 
Detroit Lions winning, no matter how often it happens, is always a joyous time in the Taddy world. Oh, yes, Guy, especially against Green Bay. Any division win by the Lions is good, which means that this weekend's colossal matchup, the Lions and Bears, I mean, there's a lot riding on this. Yes, Guy, no, Guy, the Lions go on a winning streak. Yes, Guy. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, Guy, go ahead, sir. Jim Ursay hiring Jeff Saturday is mind-boggling. Yes, Guy. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed Yes, Guy 101. Hope you come back next week for Yes, Guy 102.